0: Hello. Welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and we're listening to Blood Kiss by Karen Chevin. This psychological suspense novel blends romance with creepy thrills to keep you glued to your seat. One reviewer says, This story is full of twists and turns, mystery, drama, suspense, and romance. So, put your earbuds in and let's see how Alicia and Mike handle Pacey's break-in at Alicia's house. Fifteen. Mike brought the target down the lane and winked at Alicia. After several boxes of ammo, she'd finally started to get most of her shots inside the black silhouette. He figured as long as she could hit the guy, she'd be golden. A gunshot anywhere on one's body hurt like hell, and was a great deterrent for continued aggression. Confidence swelled in Alicia as she studied the target. Most of her shots were belly shots, but a few were even in the vicinity of the heart. That thrilled her. She didn't need to tap anyone between the eyes. She just wanted to stop whoever was stalking her. That's right. She tilted her chin in arrogance and pointed at the silhouette. I'm a badass. No kidding, Mike said. I was standing right beside you the whole time. Then I was terrified. She shoved his abdomen and was impressed by the wall of muscle that met her blow. Watch it, she teased, or I may have to unleash my wrath upon you. I'd love to see that, he laughed. That would be like a chihuahua taken on a pit bull. For some reason, I don't think you could be very terrifying. You're too cute. Mike loved her smile. It may sound corny, but rays of happiness seemed to shoot from her eyes and zero in on his heart. Did you just call me cute? She asked, rapaciously biting her lower lip. I thought that was obvious. Mike slipped his arm around her waist and pulled her to his chest. She wrapped an arm around him and gently stroked his back. His lips found hers, and he breathed her in. The paper target crinkled between them as they kissed, and a sharp corner poked her chin. She laughed and pulled away. Hey, we're messing up my awesomeness. She pressed the target against her chest and tried to straighten it. Now look what we've done. We've damaged the proof of my badassness. Badassness? Mike questioned. I think you made that up. Alicia shrugged and said, It works. You know exactly what I mean. So yes, my badassness. I like it, Mike replied with a smile. He wanted to take her home and spend more time with her in private. He hated that their day was coming to an end. They'd spent a long time at Savage Securities trying to get some information on her stalker, and then they had their late lunch or early dinner. He wasn't sure which. It would be dark soon. He couldn't help but wonder what was up with her stalker. If the guy had been at her house last night, He'd probably stop by again tonight, which meant that Mike needed to get himself invited to spend the night at Alicia's. There was no way he was leaving her unattended, and he really didn't want to sit in the bushes all night either. What are you thinking? Alicia asked, pulling away from their embrace so she could look into his face more easily. I'll you for a second. He caressed her cheek and enjoyed the softness of her skin against his calloused palm. She leaned into his caress grabbed his hand, and kissed his fingers. "'Let's go back to your place,' Mike said. "'Maybe we could cuddle on the sofa and watch a movie.' Alicia raised her eyebrows and a blush brightened her cheeks. "'That sounds perfect. Was it too much to hope that a repeat of their makeout session on the sofa earlier would occur again this evening? She wasn't sure she wanted much more than that tonight. She was pretty conservative when it came to sex. She didn't do one-night stands or meaningless flings.' She was a relationship girl. She really wanted a relationship with Mike. Mike took the target from Alicia and rolled it up. We're keeping this as proof of your badassness, he said with a wink. I like how you think, Alicia replied as they gathered their stuff. They said goodbye to some of Mike's acquaintances as they headed out the door of Ironsights. Alicia sang along with the radio, doing her best to tamp down the tension simmering in her core. She eyed Mike as he drove with one hand on the wheel and an elbow chilling on the door. She liked being in his presence. He gave her security, but she knew that the security was only temporary. Everything would go back to normal tomorrow. She'd have to go back to school and wait for something to happen. Would it be a bizarre note at school? Or something even creepier at home? Hey. Mike placed his hand on her knee. What's wrong? You stopped singing. Alicia slid her fingers in between his and looked at him. I've had a great day with you. She smiled, and he looked back at the road. Actually, I've had two great days with you, she added, trying to dispel her concerns. Mike considered inviting himself over for a sleepover. He could hear the hesitation in her voice and felt the clamminess of her hands. She was scared, even if she didn't want to admit it to him. I'm sorry that we met under these circumstances, but I've really enjoyed being with you, he said. and he gave her hand a little squeeze. Thanks for being here. Of course, he replied. He'd carried the burden of guilt for Amy's death for too long. Was it selfish to want to redeem himself through Alicia? Probably. But he needed to let the pain go. The weight was killing him. Besides, Amy wouldn't want him to mourn her passing all of his life. Amy was selfless and caring, which was exactly why she never mentioned the problem with her ex-boyfriend to Mike. She hadn't wanted to worry him, and that left her defenseless. Mike gripped the steering wheel tighter as he thought about the terror Rob had inflicted upon Amy and Julia. He was glad Rob was dead. He wasn't worth keeping alive in prison. Mike pulled into Alicia's driveway. He scanned the area and pointed to the tree by the garage. That needs to go it's a threat. A tree's a threat? She wondered about the tree before. Could someone hide behind it? You know what I mean. His eyes locked on hers. Yeah, I do. But I planted that tree with my mother when I was younger. When all this started, I debated cutting it down. But I just couldn't. She rested her elbow on the car door and propped her head in her hand. Then it stays, Mike nodded. He understood the sentimentality of objects. Trivial things become priceless when lives are lost. Besides, you may have a hard time getting rid of me. I'll keep you safe, he said as if he was joking. But he knew he spoke the truth. He had no intention of leaving her anytime soon, and part of him wanted her to know that. Alicia slowly slid her gaze over his body. He felt the heat from her eyes and focused on keeping his breathing even but she was firing him up on the inside. I guess you'll do, she taunted, and sent him a seductive smile that went straight to his groin. I couldn't wait to get her on the sofa and pull her onto his lap. He wanted her sassy mouth against his and to feel her skin heat at his touch. She was just as hot for him as he was for her. And that was a little nugget of truth that he planned on taking advantage of. He watched her get out of the truck. His eyes glued to her backside. He couldn't wait to feel her ass in his hands. Alicia disarmed the system and headed straight for Forrest. "'Hey, little guy,' she cooed, kneeling down to open the crate. He sprang out and ran in circles around her, jumping up and rubbing his front paws against her legs. "'Did you miss Mommy?' she said and picked him up, laughing as he slobbered her with his wet kisses. Mike set the guns on the counter and said, "'You actually let that thing lick your lips?' He smiled at her as he leaned casually against the door jamb. Alicia shot a cold gaze at him. Did you just refer to Forrest as a thing? He held his hands up in defense. My bad. But you do know where that mouth has been, right? He laughed and crossed his arms over his chest. She shook her head back and forth. Forrest doesn't do that. She stated as she set her furry protector down. See? He keeps his mouth off of his private's. Mike slowly nodded, his face lit by a mischievous smile. He knew it was just a matter of time. The dog was male, after all. "'Oh, I have a question for you,' Alicia said, changing the subject. She headed towards the kitchen. "'Where do you think I should keep the safe?' "'Upstairs seems impractical when I'm on the first floor most of the time. I mean,' she hesitated. "'If I need it, I don't want it locked away in another part of the house.' He hated that she even had to ask that question. First floor may be best. If you have a nightstand, you can keep the gun there when we go to bed. She stopped and turned to face him. He couldn't help but smile at his Freudian slip. Did you just say when we go to bed? Mike pulled his eyebrows together and thought about it. Had he slipped like that? If he had, he was losing his touch. He shook his head. No, he denied. I definitely said when you go to bed. She eyed him. He did look good. Broad chest, muscled arms. Him in her bed had crossed her mind. I think you're counting your chickens before they hatch, Mr. Lewis. She figured if their relationship continued at this pace, that it was only a matter of days until he slipped into her bed. I think you're hearing what you want to hear, he replied, stalking towards her. Wow, you are arrogant, she said, placing her hand over his heart. The strong beat pulsed under her fingers. Being this close to him made her lose her mind. All she could think about was their time on the sofa, and she was ready to go back for more. She was willing to bet that he'd be up for more, too. Not arrogant, just optimistic, he murmured in her ear. He bent close to graze her lobe and tease the tender skin under her ear with his tongue. She relaxed into his arms and a whisper of a moan struck lust through him like lightning to a lightning rod. He found her mouth and deepened the kiss as he squeezed her ass, pulling her into him. Alicia knew she was in trouble the moment his lips touched hers. The man was poison. He seeped into her system and wreaked havoc on her mind in no time flat. She was unable to think clearly. She could barely stand his onslaught of kisses as they turned her knees to jelly. Incredible sensations and desires flowed through her, so she wisely pulled away. Patting his heart, she said, I'm going to go get changed. I'll be right back. Mike nodded. He'd been struck dumb, so he only grunted a reply. She could come back down the stairs in a garbage bag and he'd think she was the sexiest thing alive. He walked over to the sofa and plopped down, leaning his head against the back cushions. He let out a sigh as he sprawled his big arms across the top. He tried to will his body into submission. He couldn't kiss her like that for very long without wanting it to go a lot farther much faster. Tonight may end up being a long night. He needed to get his mind focused on the hunt and out of her bed. He had the stalker's prints and love tokens, but he still knew very little beyond that. He had a feeling that the stalker worked with Alicia or at least saw her regularly at school. His obsession with her had probably grown with time, so Mike's gut told him that she personally knew her stalker. A scream, followed by his name, sent him into action. The terror in her voice went straight to his heart. He grabbed his gun off the counter and bolted up the stairs. He stalked down the hallway, eyeing the doorways as he passed them. He found her standing in her room with her hands over her mouth and tears streaming down her cheeks. She turned to look at him, her hands trembling. He was in here, she spluttered. Even with the security system, he got in. I never got a call from the alarm company. Anger and fear nearly overwhelmed her, yet she couldn't decide which emotion was worse. She didn't like either of them. Mike looked at the window. That was the only explanation for the alarm not triggering. He got in through the window, he stated. Unfortunately, safety is more of a mind crutch than a state of being. No one was ever truly safe. She went to her dresser and pointed to the drawers with her lingerie hanging out. Look at my stuff! She pulled open the drawer and touched the intimate articles of clothing. Disgust at the violation sickened her. Mike was at her side in two steps. Stop. Don't, Mike said, taking her hand. Leave it for the police to see. You shouldn't mess with anything. She closed the broad drawer and opened the drawer under it. Emotions of every kind overwhelmed her. She'd felt safe today while she was with Mike, but she'd been fooling herself. She wasn't safe. She was playing house, and the game was almost over. The stalker was getting closer whether she wanted to admit it or not. He went through these, too? She roared in frustration, her hands and fists at her side. She hated this man. Unsure if he really qualified to be labeled as such. Her stalker was a pussy. He hid in the shadows because he didn't have the balls to show his face. Mike pulled her to him. He didn't want to let her go. Things were getting out of hand, evolving quickly. The stalker had taken it to the next level, and he still didn't know who the stalker was. In an attempt to soothe Alicia, he ran his hand up and down her back. He looked at the disheveled panties in the drawer and hated that some pervert had rummaged through them. Mike doubted that was all the guy had done. He'd seen some crazy shit. And he didn't like it coming so close to home. You can stay at my place tonight, he murmured, holding her tight. You'll be safe there. He won't be able to find you. He kissed the top of her head, hating that she didn't feel safe. She nodded against his chest. How long could she hide out at his place? That wasn't the solution. She needed this finished. We need to call the police, Mike said. Now they'll pay attention. But will it matter? She asked, looking up at him. They hadn't been able to help his sister, was all she could think. Deep down, she already knew the police couldn't protect her. No one could. That was why she'd bought the gun. And now she was determined that if she had a chance to kill the bastard, She would. He didn't know what to say. The police may not be much help, but he wouldn't let anything happen to her. There's no way this sick SOB was getting his hands on her. Do you want me to make the call? No, I can do it. Let me blow my nose first. She walked into the ensuite bathroom and froze when she saw the cracked mirror. Mike, she muttered, a wave of nausea washed over her. She knelt on the floor beside her birth control package. Mike stepped into the bathroom door. Leave it, he said. He was going to crack his teeth if he didn't stop grinding them together. So he focused on taking the anger from his jaw and clenched his fists at his side. She looked over her shoulder at him. His face was tight. A vein bulged in his neck. And she could see the anger in his eyes. His prints are on that. You don't want to smudge them. She huffed. We have his prints on lots of things. If he's not in the system, then it doesn't matter, she fumed. Anger simmered in every cell of her body. She felt the tension ripple along her skin from the top of her head to the bottom of her toes. That pervert had been in here. Touched her things. Gone through her private possessions. And with the destruction of her things, his obsession had turned violent. She was willing to meet him with a wrath he'd never expect. Mike hated that she was right. But he was looking at the bigger picture. This stuff, the prints on the birth control, the cracked mirror, the messed up underwear, all tie him to this scene. When we find him, at a minimum, we'll have him for breaking and entering. B and E, she said with disdain. Would that even qualify him for a slap on the wrist? Since he didn't have a criminal record... She doubted that he'd see any real jail time. It's a start, Mike said. Once we have him, then we can start tying him to other things. Mike looked at her bed. It was clear that she'd made it earlier, but it had definitely been rumpled during the day. The comforter was bunched in the middle. The accent pillows were out of place. One lay on the floor beside her bed. He knew what the man had done on her bed, and he wanted to kill him for it. There was no way this wouldn't end in blood. This was just how these things went down. She walked back into her bedroom and noticed the bed. Look, she barked, pointing at the bed. He even got on my bed. What a pervert, she screamed. She picked up the throw pillow from the floor and started hitting the headboard and other pillows in a rage. The accent pillows flopped with each hit and bounced around the bed. Mike watched her personal pillow fight as she destroyed the arrangement of pillows at the head of the bed. He'd expected her to be a mess of emotions, but he hadn't expected her to be this kind of mess of emotions. He was prepared for tears and snot to be smeared on his shirt as she buried her face in his chest. But this rage was interesting. He actually liked it. She was a fighter. He retrieved his cell from his pocket and texted Cole. Cole would get the information he'd left at work and try to piece something together. Then Mike called the police. Mike walked to Alicia and wrapped his arms around her. He pulled her back against his chest and nuzzled his nose into her hair. Let's go downstairs and wait for the police. She still held the pillow. Her hair was now a wild mess. Her chest heaved with each breath, and her eyes narrowed. She stepped around, so she looked directly at him. I'm really pissed. She seethed. And I don't normally swear. So you can imagine just how pissed I am. I'm so pissed that I may transform into a puddle of piss right here on my carpet. She jabbed her finger towards the carpet. It was clear that she didn't cuss very much. She really didn't do it very well. But he could work with that. He pulled her to him again. Her warm breath heated his chest as she sighed. He slipped his fingers into her hair and massaged her head as he held her close. She needed someone she could count on, and she'd found that someone at the gun store. Let's go downstairs and wait for the police. He stepped out of the embrace, letting his hand slide down her arm so he could take her hand as they went back to the family room. Even though she had no idea what her stalker looked like, she couldn't help but visualize a creepy man pawing through her things. The notion revolted her. Horace must have sensed her jumbled emotions because he circled her feet, then took a running jump, and landed beside her on the sofa. Who's a good boy? She cooed as he settled into her lap. Looking at that little bundle of energy and love did help soothe her emotions. She inched her fingers into his hair at the top of his head and scratched. He gave a bark in appreciation. She fiddled with his long hair and considered putting a little bow at the top of his head again. Forrest must have read her thoughts because he stood on his back legs and propped his front legs on her shoulder. He gave her a slobbery kiss on the cheek and took off. Mike tried to work the problem as he walked through the kitchen to get the water. He had some knowns, but there were still too many unknowns. Since the stalker didn't have a record, he was probably someone who blended into society and typically played by the rules. This man was most likely white, and in his 20s or 30s. Stalkers usually stuck with their own race and age range. He wasn't sure about the stalker's relationship status. Normally, he'd think the guy was single. That would explain his focus on Alicia, but Mike knew outliers were possible. The man could feel trapped in a miserable marriage and see Alicia as an out, a sort of solution to his problem. Right now, Mike didn't want to make assumptions. The cost would be too high if he missed something because he closed his mind to a possibility. He grabbed a water bottle off the top shelf of the refrigerator and made his way to the sofa. Thanks, she said as she took the bottle from him. She twisted the cap and took a long draw, gulping down the water. Mike sat beside her and set his arm on the top of the sofa behind her. She leaned into his side and rested her head on his shoulder as they waited for the police. When the doorbell rang, Mike strode to the door and welcomed the police inside. He quickly introduced himself and showed the two officers to the family room, where Alicia waited on the sofa. When she saw them, she stood and held out her hand. Hello, she said. Police officers came to school annually to talk about drugs with kids. She'd always chatted with them, but she never imagined one would be at her house in an official capacity. Alicia, this is Officer Nichols, Mike said. Officer Nichols extended her hand and shook Alicia's. Alicia liked the warmth she saw in Officer Nichols' light brown eyes. They softened the hardened look the tight bun gave as a first impression. I'm Officer Smith. The man gave her a curt nod and looked around the room. He hated these calls. There was usually nothing they could do to help. Most B&E cases never got solved. They'd end up with a pile of paperwork and another unsolved case. It was frustrating. Alicia nodded to Officer Smith. He hadn't offered his hand for a shake, so she didn't bother extending her hand to him. Of the two officers, she liked Officer Nichols the best. She seemed approachable and eager to help. Officer Smith, on the other hand, was clearly looking forward to his retirement years. With his bald head, deep lines that etched his face and rotund belly that hung over his belt. Retirement was barreling down on him. Alicia wasn't sure what the protocol for meeting police officers under these circumstances was. She cleared her throat and said, Someone broke into my house. He's been stalking me for a while. Why don't you start at the beginning, Officer Smith said. He had a feeling this would be a lengthy explanation. He tried to smile but it was getting harder and harder for him to pretend that he loved his job. He'd seen many criminals slip through the justice system, and too many victims left to deal with the aftermath that haunted them. It made him feel weak and powerless, that he couldn't help more people. Okay, Alicia said. Her nerves rattled her. She wanted to be strong, to courageously confront her enemy, but in reality... The true danger of her situation was getting harder and harder to downplay. You can sit if you like. She forced a smile and motioned to the seating options in the room. Officer Nichols read the stress on Alicia's face. She wanted to help her feel at ease. They normally didn't sit while they were at a crime scene. But if sitting would help Alicia relax, she'd sit. Officer Nichols gave a slight nod to Officer Smith. He understood her meaning. Officer Smith sat in the reclining chair. He wished he could pop up the footrest, lean back comfortably, and settle his hands on his lap. But he didn't. He leaned forward and rested one arm on his knee and held a notepad in one hand and a pen in the other. Officer Nichols went to the love seat. She adjusted her utility belt and sat. Mike nestled close to Alicia on the sofa. Alicia started at the beginning, with the delivery of the flowers to school. Mike retrieved the box of crazy she'd collected over the weeks to show the officers. And then she told them about the message written in the soil and the destruction to her bedroom. She handed Officer Nichols her cell. Glad they'd taken pictures of the message in the soil earlier. Officer Nichols scanned through the photos. Do you mind if I send these to myself? Go ahead, Alicia replied. From reading the officers' faces, she had a feeling that they would be of little help. Officer Smith stood from the recliner. It rocked at the loss of his weight. Would you show us your room? He adjusted his utility belt and rocked back on his feet. Alicia nodded and took herself from Officer Nichols. She led the officers upstairs. Anger boiled within her. She didn't know what her next step should be. How could she fight someone she couldn't see? It seemed like this whole time she'd been on the defensive, but she wanted to be on the offensive. She'd thought that when she bought the gun that she'd started that, taking control. But she was wrong. She was no better off now than she was before she bought the gun. Alicia led the officers down the upstairs hallway. This is my room, she said. They followed her into her bedroom. Alicia looked at the window. She never imagined a man would crawl through her second-floor window in order to harm her. In the spring and fall, she liked to sleep with it open so she could enjoy the fresh air. Never again would she be able to enjoy that simple pleasure. It wasn't safe. Officer Nichols stared at the bed. It had obviously been made at some point, but now the pillows were strewn across the bed, and a few accent pillows had toppled to the floor. Did he do that? Destroy the bed? No, Alicia said, somewhat embarrassed. I did. I got mad threw around a pillow or two. She gave them a forced smile. "'But he had been on the bed,' she stated with a nod. She pointed to the middle of the bed. It was rumpled in the center. A pillow was also out of place. Officer Smith walked across the room toward the ensuite bathroom. "'You said he broke your mirror?' He stepped into the doorway and looked at the large cracks webbing through the mirror and spotted the broken birth control package on the floor. "'You're on the pill?' He looked over his shoulder at Alicia. Yes? Alicia nodded. Mike thought the officer's question was inappropriate. Whether she was taking the pills or not was irrelevant. She obviously has the pill, and the stalker found them and lost his shit. The question was stupid and shouldn't have been asked. But Mike kept his face neutral. Clearly, he doesn't like that she's on birth control, Mike began. It appears he got angry when he saw the pills and lost his temper. Hmm. Officer Smith knelt and picked up the half of the pill container that held the pills. He was careful to only touch the outer edge. We try not to make assumptions. He looked over his shoulder at Mike and then set the pills on the counter. We like to focus on the evidence. He hated being told how to do his job. Civilians watch a few television programs and think they're Dirty Harry. Officer Nichols stepped up to the dresser drawers. She hated this shit. Someone rifles through a woman's things, and then the woman is subjected to more embarrassment when she attempts to get help. She wanted to tell Alicia that everything would be all right, that they'd find the man who was stalking her, but she knew better. She pulled open the drawer with the bra straps hanging out. He went through here. Is anything missing? She turned her head to see Alicia's reaction. Alicia sighed heavily. She hadn't considered that the creep would steal her underwear. The thought did not make her feel any better. She didn't know how to think like a deranged pervert. Apparently, that only left her more vulnerable. I'm not sure, she shrugged. I haven't checked. Mike knew the moment he saw the bed that the bastard took some of her underwear. He hadn't broken into her house to leave without a trophy. He was probably jacking off somewhere right now with it, and that made his blood turn to fire. He wanted to get his hands on this guy and hurt him the way he was hurting Alicia. He knew some of his anger came from the guilt he still shouldered from his sister's death. He'd failed that time. He wouldn't fail this time. Officer Nichols walked through her room and stood by the bedroom door. I'll be honest with you, Miss Woods. It will be difficult to get usable prints in here. The lingerie and bedding are obviously useless. She pointed to the dresser that contained the lingerie. The only items that could possibly have usable prints are the birth control package and the window. Would you allow us to take the birth control package to the station? We could have the package dusted for prints. If you'd like. We can pop out the pill packet before we bag it. Yes. Alicia shook her head. Please do. Mike spoke up. Do you want any of the other items that she's collected? There are prints on them. There are notes and a box of candy. That would be helpful, Officer Nichols said. We'll also send someone to check the window for prints. We'll finish the paperwork on this and get back to you. Officer Smith went back into the bathroom and popped out the circular pill package. He set the pills on the counter and then bagged the two halves of the pill container. Alicia walked the officers to the front door and thanked them. They nodded and reassured her that they'd contact her when they knew something. She shut the door behind them and turned the deadbolt. Leaning her back against the door, she looked up at Mike and said, What do you think? She wasn't hopeful. So far, the biggest positive in all of this was Mike. He'd certainly done more to help her in the short period of time that she'd known him than the police. He looked at her and clenched his jaw. I think you're spending the night at my place. He didn't know what else to say. She turned almost numb, neither angry nor sad. Her emotions had flatlined. He took her hand and led her to the sofa. She sat down and buried her face in her hands. He knelt in front of her, his hands on her arms as she cradled her face. He could tell she was trying to regulate her breathing. She took in long, slow breaths and exhaled slowly. I'm scared, she muttered, looking into his eyes. I know, he nodded. Her pain splintered his heart. That's why you're coming home with me. I can keep you safe. He didn't know what else to say. Should he admit that he was scared too? Or would that just shake her confidence even more? Was this how his sister had felt? Had Amy known her end was coming? Mike leaned forward and kissed Alicia's head, then wrapped his fingers around her wrists and tugged her hands away from her face. She looked into his eyes, and he knew that she was his to love and protect. He wouldn't fail her, He would never forgive himself if he let it happen again. Come on, babe. He pulled her to standing, her body flush with his. We got a pack. Sixteen. Mike pulled into the parking structure beside his building and eased the truck into his designated space. Alicia had been silent the entire drive over, and he was okay with that. He knew her mind was racing. His was, too. There was so much to think about. Cole had sent Mike some background information on the four men who worked at Alicia's school. Alicia may not think it was any of them, but as far as he was concerned, they were prime suspects. Mike would bet his life that she knew her stalker and probably interacted with him frequently. He grabbed her bags and Forrest's small pillow bed while she carried Forrest in his crate. He led her into the large brick building. She noted the subtle hint of tobacco that wafted through the air. They reached the elevator and Mike punched in his floor number. She leaned against the walls, exhausted. Thanks for doing this, letting me stay with you, she said. Then she wondered, if he'd known how the situation would spiral out of control, would he have still offered to help me with the shooting lessons? There was no way he'd let her remain in the house alone until the pervert was found. I'm happy to help, he replied and planted a kiss on the top of her head. When the elevator doors opened, he led her down a short hallway. Mike unlocked the front door and pushed it open. Alicia stepped inside and couldn't help but smile. "'I love it,' she said, looking over her shoulder at him. It was spacious, and the design elements were masculine. The large, open area gave the impression of a large loft, but a hallway off to the side promised more privacy behind closed doors.' She set Forrest's crate on the floor and knelt to open the door. He rushed out and started his own investigation of Mike's place, his nails clicking against the floor. Alicia stood and sighed. Are you sure you don't mind? I'm sure my brother would take him. She looked up at Mike and scrunched her face together in concern. She hated that they were invading his space. The girls would probably love having Forrest for a little while. Not at all. I feel safer already, he winked, and melted her insides. Thanks, she beamed up at him. He was too good to be true. Not only did he take her in, but he welcomed her little dog, too. She stepped further into the room. The exposed brick walls are very cool, she said, running her hand over the rough surface. He gave the faintest of smiles, his mouth curving up on one side. Thanks. They were just finishing this complex when I started looking for a place. This building used to be a tobacco factory. When they revitalized the area, they turned this place into condos. Nice condos. I thought I smelled tobacco, Alicia said. She'd made her way to the kitchen and ran her hand over the granite countertop. Mike set her bags beside the sofa while she took in the space. The open concept area combined the kitchen, dining room, and family room. I love the floor. She pointed to the dark wood. Are these the original planks? Yeah. If you look carefully, you can find the divots in some of the wood. They're well over a hundred years old. For the first time since he'd met Alicia, he was nervous. He wasn't sure where to take her bags. Should he put her stuff in the guest room or in his room? He knew where he wanted to put her stuff, but he didn't want to pressure her. She was already in a tough place, and she didn't need him putting more stress on her. Maybe she was babbling about the details of the condo because she was nervous too. "'Let's put your stuff away,' Mike said. He bent over and grabbed her bags again. Then he led her out of the open space and into the hallway with several doors. The first two doors they came to were on opposite sides of the hallway. Mike opened one door. Here's a powder room. He leaned across the hall and opened the other door. "'Here's my office.' I don't do much work at home, he said, looking over his shoulder at her. But it's nice to keep all the paperwork of life behind closed doors, he shrugged. She chuckled and looked into his office, impressed by the neatness. A computer sat on an organized desk, and a file cabinet stood in the corner. One stack of paper sat on the corner of the desk, waiting to be processed. I'm known for my little piles of stuff, too, she shook her head. I have a feeling that if I locked my stuff behind a door, that it would never be seen again. Her heart raced as they made their way towards the bedrooms. Where would she sleep? She didn't want to confuse the emotions playing between them. She didn't like that she was spending the night with him under these circumstances. It made her feel guilty, like he'd stepped into a mess that was bigger than he thought, and now he had to take her in. She figured that was the kind of man he was. He wasn't the type to bail or give up. These last two doors are bedrooms. Mike opened the door on the left. Here's the guest room. He stepped in and placed her bags at the foot of the bed. Getting her situated in the guest room was the right thing to do. She could always move her stuff into his room later if she wanted. You can get settled in here. He walked past the bed and said, There's an ensuite bathroom through there. He pushed open the door. There are plenty of towels and things in the linen closet. He wrapped his knuckles on the door inside the bedroom. That's the closet. There should be plenty of hangers. The dresser drawers are empty. Feel free to use the space. He moved to the foot of the bed and waited for her reaction. Alicia smiled as she took in the simple room. A queen-sized bed with a nightstand on each side was centered in the room. A dresser was on the opposite wall across from the bed. It had the added perk of a television— although she didn't imagine watching it in here alone. It's perfect. Thank you. She smiled up at him. She almost didn't want to ask because she didn't want to appear too forward or snoopy. Can I see your room? She was curious. Where did a man like him sleep at night? Sure. Mike smiled and took her curiosity as a good sign. At least she wasn't acting indifferent to his room. He ushered her out of her bedroom and into his room. The room was exactly as she expected. Nothing was out of place, and the bed was made. He had good taste in furniture. The decorative accents were nice, but everything had a masculine edge to it. Alicia eyed the king-sized bed. She wanted to sleep there, in his arms. She knew that one night she would, but she wasn't sure if that night was tonight. When he put her in the guest room, she wasn't sure how to take that. Did he not want her in here with him, or was he leaving the decision up to her? Mike watched her stare at the bed. He wanted to wrap her up in his arms and fall into the bed with her. He slowed his breathing to control his body, as he hoped her thoughts were as sexually charged as his. He seriously wanted her in his bed tonight. I hope you enjoyed chapters 15 and 16 of Blood Kiss. On Friday, we watch Pacey gather the supplies he needs in order to claim Alicia as his own, and Mike and Alicia have their first fight. You can find Karen's other novels on Amazon. Many are free to read with Kindle Unlimited. You can also follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X, at Cherish Lively. Do you want to be a part of My Secret Obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small-town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to mysecretobsessionpodcast at gmail.com.